If you have a Bible with you today, I want to invite you to find Romans chapter 10. And if you don't have a Bible, we're going to have it on the screen. Don't worry about that. All right, Romans chapter 10. Uh, And last week was a big week for us as a church. Uh, We did something that we called Vision Sunday. All right, and, and this was us just talking about where do we feel like God is leading our church and specifically for the next few years. Like, what does that look like? All right, and we had some specific goals, and they were a little bit scary, uh, at least for me. And, and this is all important because everything that we do as a church is going to be shaped by this vision. All right, everything that we do over the next few years, the decisions that we make, the way that we spend money, the things that we talk about on Sunday mornings, like all of this is impacted by the vision of the church and where we are going. All right, so I want to encourage you, if you missed that, you can go back and listen to it. Uh, If you go on our website, there's a spot that says media, and then you pick either Long Prairie or Sox Center. Uh, And I want to encourage you to go back and and give that a watch, uh, because it's just so important that as a church, we are on the same page. Like when we gather together, that we feel like, I know what that page is that we're all supposed to be on. All right, because uh, we want to maximize the impact that we have with the resources that we are given in the short amount of time that we are allowed. Like, that's what we want to do. And in order to do that, we have to be on the same page uh, and rallied together. And and it is us building the kingdom of God. Like, that is our vision. All right? That's what it is. That's what it has to be. Because that was Jesus. That was his focus. It was his ministry. It's what everything was based on. And it's really what he entrusted to us, was building the kingdom of God. Uh, And and here's what this is going to look like for us in Long Prairie, for Sox Center, together as a church. Here is what we had said last week. We want to give away $500,000 to build the kingdom of God. And we want to do that in one year. All right, now, I'm going to let you know a secret, and we're going to talk about this more today. That one year is not necessarily this year. (laughs) All right, it takes a little bit to move towards this. All right, we'll talk more about that. The second part of this vision was we want to have five thriving locations of our church, all right, whether that's by planting more churches or revitalizing churches, five thriving locations, all right, so that's three more than what we have right now, and then the last part of this, we want to see 50 people from our church step into ministry, all right, and that might mean being a missionary overseas, that mean that might mean packing up and taking off with your family or by yourself, whatever that looks like, like you are going to do missions, all right, um, or that might mean that you are stepping into ministry, becoming a pastor. You know, we had this with Pastor Aaron. Like, she was here at our church and felt that call and really moved in uh, to that calling that was on her life. All right, this is our focus. This is our focus. This is what we are rallying around. Uh, this is what we are uniting with. Perfect. Thank you, Weston. I'm going to use these later. I'm going to grab them right now. So you can all just watch. All right. This is what we're rallying around as a church. All right. And in order to do this, like, it cannot happen with just one of us. It takes all of us. It really does. Like, every person is crucial in moving a vision like this forward. All right. And what this is going to mean is it's going to take every single one of us going deeper in almost every single way in our walk with Jesus. All right, and we've had people that like come to our church and they're like, oh, it's, it's so fun to be at a church where things are like happening and this and oh, I've gone to a church before and I didn't feel like that was happening. Okay, here's the other side of it. Realize being part of a church where things are happening means we are on the go. 
Like we are moving forward. We are doing stuff and you're part of it. <laughs> right? Like I think we kind of want both things. We're like I want to be part of a church that's alive and doing things and changing things. But I also kind of want to just sit here. You're like, no, that's not how it works. Like you can't do both of those, all right? And so in order to do this, we need to become a community of kingdom builders, all right? And this takes us being stretched. This takes growth, and growth does not accidentally happen. It takes fierce intentionality to grow. So why do we care so much about growing the kingdom of God? Why is this the hill that we're dying on, the battle we're throwing our lives into? Because this is what the church's purpose is supposed to be. All right, we have the last words from Jesus, the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This was his final command. And his ministry was so focused on the kingdom of God. All right, I also want us this morning to take a look at something that the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the church in Rome. Because after Jesus left, it's not like this mission stopped. All right, this was Paul's focus as well. This was the early church's focus. So can we do this? If you're willing and able, can we stand across this place as we just read our passage in Romans 10? If you're not able to stand, that's completely fine. All right, and what Paul is saying here in this letter is that we preach this. This is what we focus on, all right, what we are about to read right here. Starting in verse 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. It is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. God, we pray right now that uh, as we dive into this passage, as we, as we uh, talk deeper about where we feel like you are leading us, God, that we would be so sensitive to your guidance and your direction. God, we want to go where you're going. If you go, we want to go. If you stay, we want to stay. So God, let us just be so sensitive to where it is that you're leading us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys can have a seat. All right, let's, hey, let's quickly look at this passage. I want to do this. I want to dive into what Paul is saying here. All right? He's saying, so uh, how are you saved from sin, from destruction, from ourselves, essentially? Uh, he says, you openly declare Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. All right, now, understand this. It is dangerous to take this verse and boil it down to some little repeat-after-me prayer. All right? There is so much more to this than just repeat these words after me. Okay? Uh, sometimes saying a little prayer like this is great as a first step, as kind of like a declaration, like, God, I want to change. Jesus, I want to put you first. But realize that that is not the end-all, be-all, that that is the first thing. We're saying it with our mouth. But then uh, we actually need to live this out. We openly declare with our actions, not just with our mouth. All right? Then Paul goes on and he says, this is for both Jew and Gentile, which means everyone. Because a Gentile is someone who is not Jewish. 
So really, there's two, when you're categorizing it this way, there's two types of people. There are Jewish people and there are non-Jewish people. That includes everyone. All right, so this is, this is to everyone. All right, and Jesus will be there for everyone who calls on him. But then it says, but how can someone call on him unless they believe? And how can they believe if they've never heard about him? And they can't hear unless someone tells them, and no one can go and tell them unless they're sent. All right, so our mandate from Jesus was to go into all the world, making disciples of all nations. And Paul right here is saying, this good news is for everyone. But it's only good news if it actually reaches them. It's actually incredibly bad news if they don't hear about it. If this is the only way that you can be saved, that's bad news if you are not aware of that. Because you can't be saved. It's only good news if it reaches them. All right, and it's only going to reach them if someone goes. So our job, your job, my job, is to go. Our job is to tell them so they can call on the name of Jesus. And if we are unable to go, which a lot of us would love to think that we're more unable to go than what we actually are. All right, let's be, just be real about that. But if we are unable to go, then we better send somebody else in our place. We can't just stand by. All right, in Minnesota, there is something called the Good Samaritan Law, like an actual law. All right, maybe you're aware of this. And the very first subdivision of the Good Samaritan Law, I was looking at it this week in Minnesota statutes, is called the duty to assist. All right, and what it means is if someone has sustained grave physical harm, and you see this, you are there, you have to give reasonable assistance to that person. You have to. Otherwise, it is a petty misdemeanor. Like, you can be charged. You have to do something. How much more should we feel obligated when someone is in grave spiritual harm? So understand this, if you're taking notes. Every Christian and every church has a responsibility to those who haven't heard about Jesus. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, if you call yourself a Christian, there are responsibilities that come with it, and this is one of the main ones. All right, this is non-negotiable. You need to be part of people hearing about Jesus. So this will always be a focus of ours, and right now we have a specific plan of how we are trying to answer this, how we are trying to accomplish this. All right, and that is what we are calling us to. All right, so this is a non-negotiable. We have to do this. What is negotiable is how we do it and what it looks like. All right, and that's what we want to get into today, is for us as a church, what are we saying this looks like? How are we going to do this? All right? Like, how are we actually going to give away half a million dollars in a year so that people can hear about Jesus? Like, where, where would that money go? We're just going to hope that it figures it out? No, like, we have a plan for this, all right? So how are we going to build the kingdom of God? Now, part of this plan is and always should be you and me sharing Jesus with the people around us. That means your coworkers, that means your family, that means your friends. That should always be part of our life. That is always part of this plan, okay? Like, we need to be able to do that. I believe that part of this is also us leaving our comfort zone and going to other places, other places in our state, in our country, in our world, going to other countries and sharing Jesus with people. All right, like, I'm taking off here in uh, a couple weeks here. 
with some people from, from Long Prairie and Sox Center. We are going to Las Vegas. We are going on a missions trip, and we have about eight of these trips this year. Like, my challenge to you is, like, you should be going on one of these trips. All right, we're going to all different places. But something that we said last week was this, and this is important for us. As Americans, all right, and as an American church, one of, if not the most, effective way we can tell people who have never heard is through strategic, purposeful, focused giving. All right, and, and why, why would we say that? The reason is uh, a business term, return on investment, ROI. All right, any business people, you might have heard this, okay? Return on investment is a business term that just means that we are going to put our time, our money, our resources into the things that give us the biggest return for those. And giving our money to an organization and to people that are already set up in other countries to build the kingdom of God, all right, that is one of the best things that we can do. We have more money than, than most of the wor world, okay? The poorest person in this room, all right, because as I said that, someone in the room was thinking, yeah, you don't know how much money I have. You're right, I don't. But I do know this. The poorest person in this room, I don't even care how much money it is you have, the poorest person in this room would be filthy rich in other areas of our world. I know that. I don't even need to know how much we make. I know that. All right? We need to understand how blessed we are and how much we actually have. And with the vast resources we are given, we can use them to build the kingdom of God. All right? And I want to spend the rest of our time this morning talking about what that means for us at our church, what that looks like. And then I want to spend some time of us actually getting excited about this. Okay? Because this is exciting. All right? People finding Jesus is exciting. People's lives being radically changed is exciting. People having hope for the first time in their life is exciting. The course of people's eternity changing is exciting. And if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know. Like, there's something that needs to be figured out there. All right, so I want to start with an illustration. What does this mean for our church? What does this look like? All right, well, here's how giving currently works in our church family. And I'm going to use these buckets to kind of illustrate this, okay? So pretend like each one of these buckets is a place at our church where you can give. It might be a fund, a budget, whatever you want to call it. It's a bucket. All right, that's what we're going to call it. And this first one, all right, is we're going to say general fund, okay? And it's going to bother me as I put these out that they aren't going to be symmetrical as I keep going here because I started on this side. All right, general fund. What is general fund? Well, that is where most money goes at a church. And that is what pays the mortgage and pays the utilities and pays the pastor's salaries and buys toilet paper and curriculum for kids' church. All right, like that is general fund. And on your envelope that's in the seat in front of you, that is tithes and offerings. All right, and if you drop a random $5 bill or $20 bill in the offering, it goes to general fund. All right, now real quickly before I move on, something cool about our general fund at our church, and I love this, this predates me being here, and I think this is amazing. All right, we believe in this idea of tithing, which is giving away the first 10% of what you have, and we believe in it so much as a church that we actually tithe our general fund as a church. All right, the first 10% of what comes in for us to live on to keep church going, we give away. So 10% of our general fund is how we support missionaries on a monthly basis. The missionaries that come in here, we have about 41 right now that we support. We send them anywhere from, you know, maybe $50, $100, $300 a month so that they can live overseas in their country, not working a job, focusing on what God's called them to do. 
and we give 10% of our general fund to support those missionaries. So if we want to support more missionaries, our general fund has to go up. That's how that works. Okay, so just so you know, that's, that's a little side story of our general fund. All right, bucket number two. This would be missions. All right, and traditionally missions, this is us giving to missions projects around the world. This is us doing things that we believe in. Okay, and all the money that comes into missions comes in and goes right back out. All right, 100% of it. Like, it, it is not things that stick around here. Okay, so that, that is missions for us. All right, and we'd have a bucket that we'd call benevolence. Maybe you've heard that term before. Benevolence, that is uh, anybody that's just in need in our area. All right, there's somebody in Long Prairie in Sock Center, and they, they are hitting a rough patch in their life, and they need help. They need groceries. They need rent. They need some gas in their car. They need to fix something. And, and you know what? What we want to do is when we see people in need, we want to help. So we have benevolence. And benevolence is where money goes. And that's the same thing. Money comes in, money goes out. All right, so that's benevolence. And we have something, uh, our Christmas Eve offering. And in the past, Christmas Eve has usually gone to benevolence. Uh, this year, we had a lot of money in our benevolence fund because you guys were incredibly generous during COVID. And when we said we want to be ready to help anybody that's hurt during COVID, you guys gave. And it was crazy, like the amount that was given. And we are still trying to give that money away. I'm just going to be honest. Like, when I find out that someone in Long Prairie has a house fire, I just look them up on Facebook and be like, hey, can we give you a $500 Home Depot gift card? Like, we're just trying to give the money away because we're like, we want to help people that are in need. All right, so then Christmas Eve, that oftentimes went to benevolence. But this year, instead, our Christmas Eve offering went to those that were impacted by the tornadoes in our nation. All right, and, and we, we put that out there, and people, you guys gave, it was like right around like 10 grand or something like that on Christmas Eve to help people. All right, so we have the Christmas Eve one. Then we have things like uh, special projects that come up. A while ago, we sent a missions team down to something called Treetop Kids in North Branch, Minnesota. And they work with kids, and they wanted to have an archery program to help kids. And we said, hey, when we send our missions team, we want to send them with a massive check that we hand to them so that they can just buy this for their program. And we did that. That's special projects, okay? Other things, One Hope, different things like that that have happened uh, where we give money out. When we upgrade, or special projects would even be like when we upgraded our cameras during COVID because we wanted to be able to live stream. Like, that is just special things we say, this is what it's for, okay? Uh, and then we have the Christmas, eh, kind of the Christmas offering, not Christmas Eve. The end of the year offering, all right? And that is just so that we can kind of jumpstart the year, all right, running. And, and this year, uh, this year, you know, this is the only one of these buckets that we can maybe say kind of stays in the church. Because this year, we wanted to make sure that our church started 2022 just in a good spot, so that we were ready to do what God's calling us to do. But we already have plans to change that. Like next year, that's not staying in-house, all right? Guaranteed, that's, that's out of here, okay? And so this is what it normally looks like. And at, at some churches, they might have more buckets, other budgets. They might have a men's ministry or a women's ministry. Uh, at one point, we had a building fund that people were giving to so that we could add on to the building. Well, we, don't, we aren't really doing that right now, okay? So like these are the buckets that we have. All right, but what we want to do is we are going to strategically go from seven buckets and we are going to get rid of a bunch of these. And our plan here is to go down to two. We're going to go to two buckets. All right? 
and we will still have the general fund bucket. All right, the tithe bucket, because we have to be able to fund the ministry that is happening here in our church family. But the rest of these buckets moving forward are actually going to be combined into a single bucket that we are calling Kingdom Builders. Kingdom Builders. All right, because the reality is, is every single type of giving that happens to a church could be classified in two categories. It is giving to the church, and it is giving through the church. Giving through the church means that money, it, you might write our church name on that check, and you might drop it in there. But the reality is, is it's going into our church, you're getting giving credit, and it's immediately going back out. And that's what Kingdom Builders is. It is money that is being given through our church. And as I had said, like the majority of these buckets, they are all going through our church. All right, there, There's very little. We, we try to keep as, as little amount of money here at our church as we need to, because we believe in things going outside of this, okay? So, what this means for us is that this is going to be a little different. Like, we're jumping into this, and what I want right now is our ushers are going to come forward, and they're going to hand out a little booklet to everybody, all right? So, uh, you guys can come, you can do that now, uh, and this booklet is going to show you what Kingdom Builders is, Okay, so they're going to kind of hand them down each row, all right, and everybody grab a booklet, and then kind of each family, make sure that, you know, one of your booklets has this little slip of paper that's in there, okay, and we're going to use it at the end. But this booklet is, is going to list off our kingdom builders. Now, understand this, we have been working like crazy on this kingdom builders thing for the last however long, and we are pouring over it, we are talking about it. But what we find out is it doesn't matter how much time we put into something, there will still be typos. Okay, so like the very back page, it says, if you want more information, instead of information, okay, and I'm pretty sure that the word principle, you know how it's spelled two different ways? Yeah, we got both principles in this book. All right, we have like principles that we stand by, and apparently we have principles that are like running things. I don't know. All right, so just, just realize, we, we, we have like poured into these things, but yeah. So in this book, I, I want to walk through this book with us a little bit here, okay? Um, and I want to clear up some of this. So within missions or kingdom builders at RLC, we have missionaries that we support and we send out. Uh, and like we've already said, we give 10% of our general fund to do that. The other part is specific projects that move the kingdom forward, okay? And that's what this book is all about, Okay? So if you want to open up, uh, you're going to open up the first page and then turn the page one more time. And there's going to be a greenish page that says number two at the top of it, okay? All right, and you're going to see a breakdown of how we are kind of organizing our projects. There are three categories that our projects are broken into. All right, they're all still kingdom builders, all under the same umbrella. But we have global, local, and future. And there's a description of those uh, right there, kind of on that page, talking about each one of those, all right? Global. Global is any of our mission stuff that is happening around the world outside of our country, all right? And, and here are some of the things that that is. That's giving access uh, to clean water, to medical care, education, and schooling that people otherwise would not have, all right? It's translating scripture into languages that it currently is not in. 
It's rescuing people around the world that have been caught in human trafficking. It is bringing the gospel to places that have never heard the name of Jesus before. It is financially supporting people from our church who feel called to be missionaries. Like, by the way, if during this process you start to feel like, I don't know, God's stirring in my heart, maybe I'm supposed to be a missionary. Like, we want to be a massive part of supporting you to go and do that. And send people from our church out. All right, it's buying cars and sound systems and curriculum for missionaries. And we are doing all of this. This is not a list of options. We're doing all of those that you're reading right there. All right, then we have our projects that are more local to us. Things like local benevolence. All right, I already kind of talked about that. Planting churches. Rescuing people from human trafficking here in the U.S. Homeless and inner city ministries. Uh, doing things for our local schools here. Uh, like last year, it was so cool to be able to write an email to the principal uh, here in Long Prairie and just say, hey, what do you need? What does this school need? Like, how could we come alongside you? And she said, you know, we have a lot of people that they don't have the right winter gear. Like, they show up and they don't know what, how crazy cold it's going to be, and, and they're going out on the playground. And I said, okay, so you need snow pants? Yes, we need snow pants. It's like we went online and just bought like 30 pairs of snow pants. And to show up at the school and be like, here. You know, like, that, that is so amazing that we can do that and show up and help our schools in those types of ways. All right? Uh, it's things like Fall Fest and Easter egg hunts that we do here. Uh, the jail ministry here at Todd County Jail. Uh, resources for the, the Sauk Police Department. Like, this is all local. Uh, and one of them, being able to hire staff full-time when we aren't quite there. And this one I want to explain because it might sound weird, but here's the deal. Like in a church, when you're growing, you reach this spot where it, you have too much going on for one pastor. Okay, or maybe you're like planting a church and there's just, there's too much going on for someone part-time. But there's this chicken or the egg thing where you're like, well, do we hire somebody who's going to help us be able to grow? But the reality is, is we need to grow so that we can hire them. <laughs> Right? Like there's always this chicken or the egg thing. But we are just kind of bypassing that. And what we're saying is uh, when we like hired Aaron full time this year, what we wanted to say was, okay, we don't want to mess with that chicken or the egg thing. Let's just hire somebody. And so for one year, I think it's something like half or something that we're paying Aaron is coming from this because we believe that this is actually building our kingdom, not our kingdom. This is building the kingdom of God locally here in our church. All right, and a year from now, we're probably planting another church, and we might need to shift that and be like, we need to do something in another place where they aren't able to hire yet, but we believe that that's going to be a massive part of God's kingdom growing. All right, so th this is local. All right, the last category, and the one that probably isn't super easy to understand based on the name, is future. And future is not things in the future or down the road. All right, it is our way of talking about the next generation at our church. So this would be things like scholarships to North Central University if someone feels called into ministry. Scholarships to camp, scholarships to convention, to boys and girls statewide, or to kids XP, or to winter retreat, or to youth missions trips. If someone needs help paying for those, we want to invest in the future leaders. We want to see them grow. All right, we also financially support North Central University and Lake Geneva because those are, they're part of our denomination. So monthly we send them funds. Youth Alive is an organization. They do school assemblies across the state. All right, Treetop Kids. That's where we just sent a missions team. We bought uh, an archery program for them. All right, then, and then one of the things, and I'm super excited about this. We honestly don't know what this means or what it looks like yet. 
but this is on our heart. We are starting something. We want to be part of supporting people in our church family that feel called to do foster care or adoption. Like, that's massive. I think the church could take care of this need in our world. But there's a lot to it. And like I said, we don't really know what that means for us yet. But we have a few families that are walking through this right now. And we're going to be talking with them and saying, what do you need? How can we support you? Because there was one time I listened to a missionary. They're, they're part of an organization called Real Hope. Um, but it's R-E-E-L. Because they do film reels. They basically put films together of people that are waiting to be adopted or foster care, things like that. And they go to churches. And they had said something where... The amount of people in, I don't know if this was just foster care, versus the amount of churches that are in the U.S., when you look at those two numbers, they said if every other church in the U.S. had one family that stepped into this, the problem would be completely taken care of. You talk about something that, like, as a church, you want to make a difference? You want to do something in this world, in this country? How about these kids that are struggling? They're in one of the, the toughest places maybe in their life. And for someone to come alongside and love them and say, we want to be here. We want to support you. We want to show you the love of God. Like, that is amazing. So we want to actively be part of that. Like, and here's what I love when I read through this book. I can't help but get, like, crazy excited. As you read through some of these things, I hope this gets you excited. All right, normally I would read through something like this and be like, oh, this is cool. Maybe we can pick a couple of these things and do it. We are doing all of this. Everything that you're reading in this book, we have committed. We are doing this. This is not a menu. This is not a la carte. This is a buffet. Like, all of this is, is what we're doing. And I am so excited about that. I want us to be focused on, like, what is it that we can do? As, as we give money away, how can we be so incredibly strategic to build the kingdom of God? And this is why we say we can have a massive impact in our world with the resources that God has given us. And we would rather spend money on people hearing about Jesus than making our little American lives more comfortable. All right? Like, normally ministries at a church would have a budget. Like, just so you know, like, our ministries don't have budgets because we just feel like that's how you end up wasting money. Because it's budgeted, so I might as well spend it. We are going to keep the main thing the main thing. This is about spreading the gospel. This is about spreading the good news. All right, so quickly, what does this mean for us? Turn to the next pages after future. We have a bit of a process here, and I want to quickly explain this and then challenge us. It says, tithe, plan, dream. Here's why. All right, here's, here's why that's part of the process. This is the stuff that, that we get excited about, but, uh, you know, the, like all the kingdom builders. But the reality is, uh, we can't be moving the kingdom of God forward outside of our walls if our walls are falling apart. Like, there, there's a certain amount of, like, what we had said, the general tithe, the general fund, that is about us maintaining things at our church, doing the ministry here, so that we can go and, and expand the kingdom of God. All right, so the reason why we have this written in this way with tithe, plan, dream, is because we, we do need to make sure that here, things are taken care of so that we can be doing this. All right? So that, that is where we would want to see people start. All right, because we believe that this is actually where we learn how to trust God with our finances. And when we begin to step out a little bit in this, and we see, oh, you know what? Wow, I gave some money away, and I still ate food this week. <laughs> I gave money away, and I still can do things in my life. Like, when we begin to trust God and we realize that, 
then it frees us up to be like, wow, I could live in a generous way. I could live in a generous way. So once you kind of begin to step out in faith and begin to trust God, uh, then we can turn around and say, all right, I want to learn how to live to be generous. And we would challenge you to plan generosity into your life. All right, we'd love to all think that we naturally are generous people, but we overestimate how generous we are. All of us do this, okay? Like some of us in the room, you gave $5 to a panhandler in 2015, and you're still riding on that. Like, oh, I'm so generous. You're still telling that story and getting mileage out of it. One time, someone was there, and I pulled over, and I bought them a bag of groceries. Yeah, that was 10 years ago. Like, like how do we live generously? How, how is this, like, a defining characteristic of our life? All right? And, and when we begin to plan out generosity, here's what it does. We begin to see, when we look at our plan of how we're spending money, we begin to see where there is excess going places that it doesn't need to. That's what happens. When you begin to plan it out and you look at your budget and you look at these things, all right, those random pops and coffees and snacks at the gas station, anything at the gas station, let's be honest, like they add up quickly. All right, but we don't think about that. We're not throwing it in our budget usually. So when we begin to plan, we can see those things and how they add up. We begin to realize where our excess is. And then after we begin to plan this out, and we plan generosity into our living, I, I want to give this much away this year. I want to give this much away each month. Like, whatever that looks like, then you just begin to live in a way where you let generosity run wild. All right, and this is what's going to happen this year. Like, if you make a plan to be generous, understand you're going to make a plan to be generous, and then there's going to be moments in your life where you are going to be presented with opportunities to move beyond your plan. All right, we are going to have missionaries that show up, and you're going to say, I love what they're doing. I want to give to them. And you know what? I've committed to kingdom builders here, but I, I want to give to them. I want to do this right now. Or there's a project that we're going to push for, and you're going to say, I want to move beyond this. All right? And what I love about our vision as a church, this like three-tier vision is this. The only part of our vision that has to do with money is about us giving money away. You know how much fun that is? To not get up and say, hey, we want this much money because we're planning on doing this and this and this inside our building. It's, we want to give this much money because we want to give that much money away. And I love that. And so here's what I want us to do. We want to take the, just the last couple minutes here, last bit of time, and I want us to think, pray, and plan even right now what this looks like for us. Okay, so grab that commitment card, if you would, that should have been stuffed in the Kingdom Builders thing. Uh, hopefully we got one per family. If you need a Kingdom Builders book, you need one of those cards, slip your hand up, and Usher's going to bring uh, one or both of those to you, okay? All right, it looks like we're, we're good here. Okay, so I want you to grab that card. All right, and there's a QR code on there. You can scan that with your phone's camera if you know how to do that. And it'll have a digital Kingdom Builders booklet, so you could look at this later. You can take that book with you. Um, but we want to pray about what could you do this year. And our goal for this year is $200,000. All right, we said that our, our long-term goal, we want to give $500,000 in a year. But we're going to start somewhere. We're starting with $200,000. And that may sound like a massive thing, but I want to just tell you that's actually, that's a very doable goal. Because when we look at how much came into like these seven buckets that were up here this last year, these six buckets, when you combine those, like they're going to be in Kingdom Builders, 
Really, this last year, I think we gave away like 125,000 or 150,000, like somewhere in between there. So saying 200,000 when we haven't even challenged ourselves or stretched ourselves, like that's not a big deal. I really think we probably this year could be a quarter of a million. All right, but that's, that's where we're starting. But what could your part of that be? And you can take this home, you can pray about it more, you can talk about it more, uh, but we are going to at least start the conversation now. Okay, so, so please, uh, when we do this, uh, if you're able to stick around, don't, don't take off yet, all right? And we're going to do this for a couple minutes, then I will come back up and I'm going to close this out and, and, and pray. Uh, but I want you to read through this book some more. Read through those projects. We also, on that card, we would love to know when we talk about global, local future, is there one of these areas that really like stirs your heart? that you get passionate about. Like, I'm passionate about what's happening here. I'm passionate about what's happening overseas. I'm passionate about our next generation. Uh, if one of those stirs your heart, check that box. We'd love to know that. And then there's also a spot where if there's one or two of these specific projects that you get really passionate about as you read it, write that down. This is, this is purely for us. We just want to know, like, what is our church passionate about? We have this massive list of things that we're doing. Where are people's hearts being stirred? Okay. And maybe during this time, this is a new thing for you. And you need to just spend some time praying or talking about what does it look like for me to actually take the first step in trusting God financially. All right? And then after that, you can start looking at what does it look like to be generous above and beyond that, to live in that type of a way. But I want us, we're going to take just a couple minutes here. If you are here with uh, a, a spouse, a significant other, with family, like, feel free to talk to each other. Like, what would this look like? And I'm not expecting that everyone's going to come up with a plan now, but maybe you do. And if you do, you can slip this card in the offering box as you leave. Otherwise, we would love for you to bring it back in future weeks. You can drop it in the offering. You can drop it in the offering box. doesn't matter. Uh, we would love to, to know, like, where is our church at? What is stirring your heart? What are you passionate about? All right, so let's just take, like, three minutes here. Look at this. Read through those things on the book. Uh, whatever you need to do, and then I'm going to come back up and I'll close this out in prayer. I do want to reiterate this. And we, we say this often, like just about on a weekly basis. Like we don't, we don't ever want somebody uh, to give out of feeling guilty. Uh, we don't ever want to get up here and be like, oh, you, you have to be doing this. You have to be giving to the church. You have to, like... What we want to do is we want to lay out and present what we see biblically of how God would, would want to see us use our finances. All right, and just like every single week, every single thing we talk about, every single one of us in the room then has a chance to turn around and say, okay, uh, do, I want to, do I want to do that? Or even to say, okay, do I actually agree with what, with what Josiah is saying? Like just because he has a microphone doesn't mean that I'm always going to be 100% correct in everything. All right, like there are times where you may be sitting there and be like, no, you are way off. All right, and I would love to like talk about it. Like feel free to challenge me. Like let's, let's do that. Let's sit down and talk. And hopefully if I'm off, like I want that to be pointed out. But when I look at things biblically, and like we had said, you know, a few months ago when we talked about tithing, like it's this principle. I, I don't think that there's something, some law that we are under now that we have to tithe. Like that, that's kind of old covenant. But like what we see is, we see a principle throughout scripture that it sure seems like that that's a way that God would want to see us live. And it's a way for me, I know, to try and keep God first in my finances, first in my focus, first in my life. Because if he's first in my finances, 
We used to always say checkbook. That doesn't work anymore. If he's first in our finances, then you better believe that it's going to be a lot easier to get him first in a lot of other areas. Because usually, especially as Americans, that's the hardest area for us to figure out. All right, so what I, what I would love for you guys to do is maybe, maybe you were already thinking about this. And, and so those that have been part of the church for a while, if you've done like a missions pledge before, that's essentially what this is. All right, so if you've done a missions pledge in the past, this would probably be taking the place of that. Now, I know for, for Emily and I, like we, we want to plan out how, how much we want to give in Kingdom Builders. But then we actually are leaving a little bit of room in that planning just to say like, man, when a missionary comes, I want to give to the missionary. And like, that, like I'm just going to monthly even, like, so we're planning in something, but then we're going to plan in like, on top of that, I want to be more generous. And then you know what? When they show up, God might even stir me more. And it's going to, I don't know. Like, you just don't know. But it's, what does planning look like for you? All right. And maybe, you know, I don't think this is about like, man, hear my heart on this. This is not about us just trying to like get money out of people. It really isn't. It's, it's about this vision that we have as a church. We want to see the kingdom of God move. We want to see it expand. That's our calling. And we're going to use everything we have to do it. All right. And and so that, that's our heart with this. It's not guilting anybody into doing this. It is presenting an opportunity to say, Hey, we have an opportunity to live this way and to expand the kingdom of God. And there are too many churches nowadays that You know, I hear this complaint the most, like as a pastor, if I talk with somebody, well, I don't think the church is doing what it's supposed to be doing. And they might be right in a lot of those ways. I'll tell you this much, you you grab that book that's in your hand and you say, this is what our church is doing. (laughs) You're going to have a hard time anybody arguing, saying that we aren't doing what God has called us to do. Because this is God's heartbeat. So it's our heartbeat. All right, I want to do this. Can we stand? I'm going to close in prayer. Maybe today as we're talking, this whole thing is new for you, and you're like, I don't even know if this is part of like what my life normally uh, is. I don't know if I, if I am living in a way where I could say that, that I'm living for Jesus, that I am part of this. You know, I might not be living in a way where I want to see his kingdom move forward. Like, I want to challenge you. If that's you, if you have questions, you want to figure out what does it look like to live a life like this, come and talk to me afterwards. Talk with Pastor Aaron. Like, let's, let's, we want to help people find the next steps in your life. You can check on a connect card, what are my next steps? Or maybe I want to follow Jesus. You know, for the first time, I want to do that. You can write your name on there. We'll get in contact with you. Well, let's just together as one church, as we kind of, lay out, this is where we're going. Can we just join together in prayer just in the last minute of our service here? God, God, we just, we want to be led by you. We want our heart to be in sync with your heart. God, whatever it is that you would have us do as individuals, as as Christians, as followers of Jesus, whatever you would have us do as a church, what you would have us do right here in Long Prairie at our location, that you would just speak so clearly to us. God, that we would be in one accord as we move forward and do these things. 
God, I pray that we'd be able to look beyond ourselves and just our own little life and our own little kingdom and say, God, how can I be doing more? How can I be living in a way that does more? So Jesus, we just pray that you would speak to us this week. God, that as we live our life, we would notice the opportunities to be generous and that we would live, God, just being defined by that generosity, that generosity that is your heart. God, that that would be transplanted into us. Jesus, we ask this in your name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, thanks for being here this morning. Uh, You guys are dismissed.